Hello, you gorgeous divine being, and welcome to the Divine Spirit Within podcast. I am your host, Meredith Ann. You have found yourself here by no accident because you're on a very, very deep journey within to connect to your source, your divinity, to learn your way of receiving the purity of love, the purity of money, the purity of your divine truth, your way of navigating your life, living your life in complete alignment with your source, your truth, your purpose for being here. Let's dive in. Let me get radically honest of why I started my journey. I have spent so much time trying, 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 trying to achieve. And I've had those successes, those moments of the actual achievement, but always the striving for the achievement. And at first it was the achievements that I was told to have in life. I was shown to have in life. I was put on the path to achieve in life the sort of cultural norms, societal norms for, for, for America, at least, because I was born and raised in, in America. And a future in America was super bright if you had a college degree. And that was the path I was, I was put on. It was all about education, education, education as, as the key and why I am all about education. I love learning. I love that. However, what I can see in truth from my connection with my source within God now and what I've journeyed through is that my learning style is my own learning style to me. And it is vastly different than the prescribed learning styles that I conformed to. I look back now and I can see that I, I conformed quite resistant less, shall we say. There wasn't a whole lot of resistance in my conforming. Because as a child, you are so malleable, even though I believe and know to be true for me is that we come into this life with everything that we need. And especially as feminine beings, if you want to talk on a physical level, we come into our bodies, our beings, planet Earth having all the eggs that we will ever need in our lifetime within our ovaries. And that is on a physical level. And then on a mental, emotional, spiritual, divine level, we have everything that we need between all those realms, all those levels, all those yogic bodies of ours. We have everything. We have all the answers within us. But the trickiness that I discovered for myself 
is the trickiness is that we're born as these divine beings in the human body and as feminine beings with everything, literally everything we, we could possibly need in our life, within our body, within our divine being. However, as a baby, we can't feed, necessarily feed our own selves. We can't necessarily just talk for how we're feeling, what we need. All We can't just take care of all of those needs ourselves. That's why we're born through parents. We're, we're, we're born and we have, we have caregivers, caretakers. And as anything, we're born in... We're, we're designed to be born into like a family unit and a family unit of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and all of that. And as we know, you know, we can design it as perfectly as, as we would like to have it. But we all know families come in various shapes and forms. We do. But love is love. Love is love. And that's why there's always that debate about nurture versus nature and for me my experience was being born into a family and having a mother and a father however my my mother and father they loved me to their best ability, their best capacity that they could. And that capacity was the ability that they were able to love themselves. And their, and that capacity came from the ability uh, that, they, that they lived, that they were shown love. And that's how you get those generational, ancestral patterns that just keep flowing. They just keep flowing because the energy is in motion already despite us being born with everything that we need we land with a family that already has energy flowing and that energy gets combined with our energy in different ways and we as 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 babies we we need we need love we need holding we need care we need nurturing we need that connection and through that connection we receive, and sometimes through that connection, we receive energetics that aren't gonna serve us long-term, they're not. And for me, the why of my journey came from a fire, a fight, born in me, forged in me, and this life's experience of you will not take my freedom. Now, I'm saying those words now in this moment, but those, I didn't have those words when my, when my journey started to unfold. I didn't have those words. I didn't have those words in the moments in my teen years when I could feel that fire, that rage, and me holding firm to who, who I knew myself to be in that moment of what I was fighting for, despite my reality looking the way my reality looked. And not knowing on a conscious level in those moments in my teenage years that I was searching for the love, for the pure love that I was not receiving. To the best of my mom's ability, I was not receiving that. And like I just, there was something forged in me 
to to fight at all costs to not not lose my freedom, not be told this or that, and not take on the the living situations that that I was in that I felt like I didn't have control over my life because when you're a minor you to a certain extent you're along for the ride with your family and going through the divorce of my parents going through the loss of my father going through the remarriage of my mother it was a lot of emotional turmoil for me in a very very pivotal point in my life of when I've learned now through my journey when beliefs really take root in you that create energetic patterns that create behaviors and it was all colliding all at once for me in this grand emotional disturbance in my life between the ages of about seven and 13-ish and then the living through that on the other side of walking into the teenage years <laughs> and so the teenage years alone have a lot of sort of angst and rebellion and and, and discovering who you are and, and, and things like that that maybe differ from you know your family and so for me there was that absolute just fight that was forged in me like every day there was a that fire of fighting for my freedom of like no you're not taking my freedom and like I said I didn't have those words back then but it just felt like I was fighting for for me I was fighting for for everything about me as I knew me at least on a conscious level then to be able to move as I wanted to move, to say what I wanted to say, to just be able to clear the path for me to focus on what I wanted to focus on. Like my, And I buried myself in schoolwork because I really got to see that was the path that got me, that showed me a lot of attention and love because the better I did in school, the more attention and love I got. And I really excelled in that world because it showed me love. It showed me attention. And like that form of attention of achievement equals started to equal love for me. And so it put me on a path of just achieving, 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 achieving. And here's what I learned about that path. That once you achieve the quote-unquote normal things in life, you don't get the same attention. You don't get the same, I wasn't getting the same sense of attention, the same sense of love that I had gotten. Because now I'm not talking in the sense of like relating to like the world and what the world seems as achievement, but your family views as achievement because you've out achieved your family. So 
I quickly realize I've outachieved my family. And so they can't relate to me. And it took me a very long time to see that they can't relate to me. They can't relate to my career choice. They can't relate to my path in life. They can't relate to how I view the world, how I see things. They can't relate to that because they're not in my being's connection. They're not. And my being was always orienting me to this conversation right now, perhaps. It was always orienting me. And to do that, it really had to shut me down and put me in basically a shell of myself and numb me so that I could forge ahead and get to a place in life where it was safe in a sense. Like there was, like I was safe, I was in a safe place. I had a career, like things were, like I was sort of in, in the driver's seat of my life, even though I could argue and say I probably really wasn't, but it, it waited and it got me to a time, not waited, but it, it, it drove me to a time where I could start to question things and question things beyond my family because my family didn't have the answers for me they didn't they did their best they love me but they love me as the version that they molded me into and that version of me is a is a quote-unquote safe version locked in her mind in a glass box looking out onto the world separate from everything and ultimately separate from herself her truth her love her innate being within her truth within her divine connection to god and so it has me look at it now as in more than likely my family was disconnected from that as well in their own way and what i realized is because i've raged that fire in me of you're not gonna take my freedom i'm gonna stand my ground i'm gonna stand my ground against whatever you are whatever you say you're not like it's not happening and that was a fight that I had for a lot of years in my teenage years in me. I had a lot of anger, a lot of rage. And it had built up over over the years. It did. I felt like whatever I knew of God from my childhood, which wasn't a lot, because I was the kid who asked a lot of questions in Sunday school, I had a very self healthy side eye. I still have a very self healthy side eye. And um, 
apparently there must have been a conversation with my mom about that and I never went back to Sunday school. So that was the end of any organized religious teaching in, in my life. And so I heard a lot about praying to God when my father was, was sick and I didn't quite understand that. I didn't understand why all of a sudden you pray to, to God when somebody's sick, when it's not a normal thing that you do on a regular basis. It wasn't something my, my family normally spoke about on a regular basis before my father had gotten sick. So I, I just, I was, I questioned that as well. I could just didn't make sense to me. And I was like, who is this God that is supposed to, we're supposed to pray to when somebody is sick and expect a miracle. Like it made no sense to me. So you could imagine me doing my good family duty and praying to God with that energy and that thought belief of what I had at that time. So you can really imagine those prayers didn't work at all. <laughs> they, they, they weren't working well, let's put it that way, based on what I know about energy and connection now. They weren't working well at all. And so all it did was prove my questioning of it all right, is what it did. Because in the end, my father um, did lose his battle to cancer. And so the fact that it was sort of a whirlwind and it happened in about a four-month period was life-altering would be the words. And I mean that in the most dramatic sense possible at the age of 12 because it was like all of a sudden here and gone is what it, what it seemed like to me. And there's a lot of schools of thought of preparing for death and, and all of that. And at 12 years old with a family spinning, trying to do everything they could for my father and all of that and take care of all his health needs and appointments and blah, 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 that there wasn't time, there wasn't time to prepare for it or, or really anything like that. There was just this going through the motions of whatever, whatever I get, whatever like the medical system said basically so it left me with rawness beyond belief raw anger and i didn't know it at that time i was just walking around in a fog life was different and I knew it was different, but life had already been different for a few years prior to that because my parents had already gotten divorced. My mom had already gotten remarried. So life was different in a lot of ways before that. And now it's different again, but in a very dramatic way different of like my father is no longer here. So what I lost was the prayer that I had that my father would ever save me from the life that my mom was now choosing for, for me. And granted, you know, she did the best she could. She did what she thought was right to provide for myself and my brother. And 
it just didn't give me what I needed. I needed the love of my father. And I didn't have that. I didn't have it anymore even in the capacity that he was able to give it to me. I lost that. And it was in those moments that that is what altered my whole life. And it set me on a path of absolute separation. Separation from my own self, separation from my own body, separation from my own soul, separation from the divinity that that I that I now know was in me, but complete separation from that. Complete blaming of this notion of God at that point for me. And this lone wolf was born. This lone wolf that was an effort to the whole world. The effort to everything, everybody. Because I was hurt. I was so hurt. And I was so angry. And over time, that turned into the grief, the sadness, the rage. The rage that burned in me. But that rage forged me on and it had such a force that just pushed pushed me through doors pushed mountains over I didn't give a fuck I just wanted to land somewhere that was mine that no one could take away from me that I was safe And that I knew I'd be okay, no matter what. And that rage, that fire, that forged me all the way, all the way to connecting with God. But in my way, in my way, through through healing. Healing is the way for everything and everything is energy and so they run together they run together for me with everything is possible and for me everything is possible through love through connection through healing through energy and that has been My solace, my sanctuary is energy. I found my safe place in energy healing, in energy work, in the connection to myself, to my soul, to the divinity within me through energy. And I found that through the sacredness of energy, the sacred teachings, the sacred practices of Eastern philosophy, Eastern medicine. I found 
I found something that could hold me. Hold all of me. Because I will always own that I was a hot mess. On the rails. Burning. Burning with rage and ready for a fight. And ready to bite your head off. And ready to come off of what you would think. Like I had the biggest bitch in me. Because that was my protection mechanism. And... I found something. I tapped into something that just made sense to me and I didn't know how it made sense to me, but it made sense to me. That is why a good Dharma talk for me will always take me on the most exquisite experience, exquisite journey. And it will never make sense to my mind, but it will connect all the parts of me. I'm, oh, I am always down for a good Dharma talk and I realized I was held. I was held in first all the, all the practices I was able to do because I was, they were in my control. I was able to choose to do them and choose to receive the relief, the benefit, the, the connection, the opening, the, whatever I was meant to receive in those moments of all those practices. So I became a complete practice and healing junkie in the best way because I I got to learn them all because that's where my learning my love of learning is still there just I got to learn in a vastly different way it's like through experience I got to learn through experiential learning and then audio visual as well because through the experience there's audio there's visual and it changed it changed my life and it's given me a balance of my own power now that i did not have before it has given me a balance of my emotions it has given me a balance of feeling it has given me A mind that is literally shifted in the direction of love, with love, with God. It has given me a God mind. It has given me a body that I know is the vehicle for it all. It has given me a body that is pure that is healthy that I don't have to live with the fear that I lived with that I was going to die of cancer like my father and while I know that I have built myself a really great connection that will deter that disease from my body based on my journey because I've journeyed so deep in unraveling the truth behind his cancer and so deep in unraveling the truth behind my mom's cancer. And I got to see where 
I, I can take charge of this. I can change my life because it comes down to in the truth of what I learned about both their cancers, it comes down to the truth of lifestyle and lifestyle choices. And while I've never smoked and I have chosen to purify my body and take out the things that are notorious estrogen disruptors in my life and balance my hormones in a way so that they aren't raging and causing destructiveness in my body and through the beauty of Eastern philosophy, Eastern medicine, the practices I have learned to experience my emotions in a healthy way. I've learned how to process emotions in a healthy way. I have learned to literally unearth all that is within me emotionally stored that was causing so much disturbance, so much disruption in my energy field, in my body, to my results in life, to the point where I got on my knees and said, I can't live this way anymore. I was gasping for air, not because like I was physically out of shape or anything like that necessarily. It was, I was gasping for air because I had so much constriction in my body. I was living in near complete constriction, it felt like. My body just felt so tight and it was down the front of me, it was up the back of me, it was, it was bad. And I had a lot of digestive issues. And I just got down on my knees after the ending of what I thought was the relationship that was the love of my life. Oh, how we are all so young and hopeful, shall we say. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't make this work. I was so trying to make something work that just wasn't working. And it was eating at my body. My body knew even though I would say I was a mind dragging a body around at that point in my life. But I still felt certain things in my body. I did. I felt the constriction. And there are certain constrictions that I've had nearly my whole life that are just became normalized. And now at this point, those normalized constrictions are the have been the deepest, deepest, deepest constrictions that I've gotten to heal and unravel and that have freed me. It's incredible. And I prayed for more. I didn't know what I was praying to. I didn't at that point. I just shouted it out to the universe. I had a, I was inkling into a little bit of spiritual stuff at that point. And 
I just got on my knees gasping for air and of like, I can't live like this anymore. I can't live with my stomach. I felt like my stomach was in my throat and I'm like, I can't live like this anymore. I can't. I want so much more for my life. I was in such a struggle to keep love that was not the purer sense of love, love that was not serving me at all. I was struggling so hard to keep that. I was struggling so hard to like keep my life flowing when it really kept just kinking itself all up. And I just wanted more. I wanted more. And at that point, it was very much a lot of material like like relation to the material world of things, of making my life better, of I wanted more money, I wanted that soulmate love, I wanted the career that would take me there, and I just wanted to be able to breathe, I wanted to be able to feel differently, and something out there heard me, that's why never underestimate prayer and whatever that means to you because there is something out there hearing you all of the time and there is a guiding force on your life there is there is there is there is and not long after that it all fell apart for for good and I was crying my eyes out. I felt the cathartic cry. It was crazy. The primal cries that were coming out of me over the loss of this love. But I look back on it now and I'm like, I think the I really could say the cathartic tears were for a whole lot more than just that, that relationship. And the letting go of so much that I was trying to hold on to that just wasn't aligned for me and in that moment I realized you can outcry yourself literally you can outcry yourself which made me gasp for more air but in that moment I came face to face with my higher self dressed all in black and told me, tapped me on the shoulder and said, get up. He brought you to your knees, now get up and keep putting one foot in front of the other. And in my emotional state, it's like I I thought I saw something, I wasn't sure I saw something, I was like, what is that? Like that was my first time ever experiencing something like that. Now I've experienced a lot of different visions, beings, energies, all of all of that kind of stuff on my journey. But back then I had never encountered anything like that. And I was like, I, I didn't know what to think of it. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to react to it, but I got up and I carried that vision and that mantra with me for forever now I have and it it helped me move forward and that is when my life started to change started to 
really open to the path of awakening and the invitation for for healing because I didn't know back then in a conscious way that in order to be able to fully hold fully receive and fully live the experience of life that I have so richly desired I had to move a whole lot of shit out of the way a whole lot a whole lot and a lot of different parts of me needed to be let go a lot of different aspects of my life within and my life on the outside needed to shift change pivot go but a lot of let go a lot of release a lot of letting go a lot of purification both within my body and the external versions of of my life and I started to be able to feel I started to be able to breathe I started to be able to see something else for my life but that something else for my life was so radically different than I've ever known myself so radically different and I kept forging on I kept forging on I didn't know for what exactly but there was something in me that I just kept forging on forging on for that thing that was mine that thing that was mine that nobody could ever take away from me that where I was safe, where I was held, where I could breathe. And I found that first in Eastern philosophy, Eastern medicine, and in the practices of Eastern philosophy in Eastern medicine. I found that first there. And then from there, it led me to my connection with God. And God is brilliance and understatement but that's the word that's coming to me right now, is brilliance in his mastery of architecture, structure, flow, and in creation, and in the way he operates. Is brilliance, is masterful, and it is unique to every, every being. It is unique. And there's no one size fits all. There just isn't. And I can look back now from this perspective that I'm that I'm within now, and the connection that I'm within now, and I can see how it all adds up, even though none of it made sense in them, and none of it seemed to add up in each moment. It never did. It never did. But. It, it keeps you going. It's somehow designed that way so you keep going. To realize your, your truth, to realize your own divinity, to connect to your own divinity, to live within your own divinity, to live connected in a way that I know I was not living and I could say that a good percentage of the world is not living these days and it gives your life the meaning that you wish your life had all the feeling feeling gives that meaning 
feeling is that connection to the meaning of your life. The feeling of that more that I so dearly wanted. I had no idea that that more was ultimately my connection to God, my connection to source within, my connection to divinity, my divine union. I had love. I had no idea that's what my more actually was. And I am just so grateful that God never gives up. God never gives up. Us humans, we give up a lot. And I say give up, we quit. We give up on ourselves when anything seems hard. And that is the beauty that I have learned is that I don't quit when it gets hard. I don't. I breathe when it gets hard. I lean in when it gets hard. I feel the energy. I feel the constriction. I feel the stuckness when it gets hard. I allow what needs to come through me in that moment when it's hard. If it's the anger, if it's the rage, if it's the tears, if it's the tantrum tantrum of a part of me that can't relate to what it is I'm experiencing now, but is coming up to be heard, be seen, be felt, be loved, and move through. And the longer emotions and experiences and traumas are held in the body and suppressed, the longer it does take to connect with them and to be able to heal them and to be for them to be able to move on because they ultimately want to move through you. They ultimately want to move on. They do. But there's that connection of acknowledgement in some way or something it has to share with you for it to move on. And or something you are holding onto it in order for safety or something that needs to be released as well. There's a mutual connection of hold on there. There is. Because humans are very adaptable. We are. I know, I know that, that that could be challenging to see yourself as, but we are very adaptable. We are. Even though we mentally don't like change, we are very adaptable beings. And we do know how to survive. And now we're at a point in human history, we know, not only know how to survive, we are learning how to thrive now in a way that is healthy for each and every being in their body, which is very, very different than the cookie cutter formulas of quote unquote thriving and wellness and living that we've seen over the decades form. And now we're at a point of how learning how we do this sustainably through our own source within versus all the sources externally that we've relied on and connected in and believed in to be able to sustain ourselves. There's that shift that's happening. It's been happening. And it's beautiful to really return fully home, home here on earth and home within our own being. It's beautiful. And I desire that 
for every divine being to take their journey and discover that for themselves because it is unique for each one of us. And that's my invitation for you. And that's my story on why, why I have been on this journey and what cracked me open and why. And I think it's always interesting to hear these types of stories and and Dharma talks because it lets you get a perspective that maybe you can't see for yourself in certain moments that it does eventually all add up. And there is a place, when I say place, it's a, it's a consciousness place. It's a place in consciousness, the level of consciousness that you're able to actually see it all, see it all, be it all, receive it all and have so much love and gratitude flowing through you and experience life as your source within designed you to experience it. And right now I'm experiencing the bliss, the bliss that my journey is gifting me right now. And I'm just so grateful. I never quit. I never gave up and I didn't take myself out of this lifetime. I didn't take myself out. I didn't escape fully from this lifetime. sending you so much love and I have so much faith in your being your true self your higher self to guide you in the exact ways that you need to be guided and I trust that you'll want to follow them much love to you It is my deepest desire that you are receiving exactly what it is that you need to receive in this episode. If you are looking to have deeper connection, please connect with me at the divine spirit within on telegram messenger and if you would like more community more support that way in any way you can also join the telegram community at the divine spirit within all on telegram i look forward to connecting with you deeper and if you really really resonated with this episode please please leave a review from the deepest part of your heart, your soul, your divinity that you connected with to help others on this journey. That is how we all navigate along the way. Much love to you.